Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. This week, we've got a special treat for you. It's a story about money, power, and deception. About a California man who went to the Mojave Desert for a free vacation and ended up signing away his life savings. That money is supposed to be for my future. And now I lose my future. I lose hope. We're devoting our whole show this week to an excerpt from the first episode of a new podcast called California City from our partners at LAS Studios. Most Californians have probably never heard of California City, but it's the third largest city in our state, at least geographically. Fewer than 15,000 people actually live there, though. Once you listen to this episode, you're going to get hooked and you're going to want to hear the rest of the series. Here's KPCC senior reporter Emily Guerin. I wish I'd met Ben Perez before this all happened, when he still had dreams he thought he could make come true, when he still believed people were mostly good. But I didn't. I met him after. After he was betrayed by someone he trusted. After he signed away his life savings. After he took a trip to a place called California City. Hi, Ben? Hello. I first talked to him in June 2018. It was less than a year after he said he'd been tricked into buying a worthless piece of desert land. I got your name because you wrote a ripoff report review, right? Ripoff Report is this website people go to to write scathing complaints when they feel like they got ripped off, hence the name. Ben told me he'd lost around $31,000. And despite his best effort, he hadn't gotten that money back. That's actually my five years savings. I worked five years just to save that $30,000. That's five years savings? Yeah, because I want to open a food truck and I lose all that money. And now I'm back to zero. I only have, oh yeah, I only have $1,000 in my bank. I lose all that money and I, want, I really want to open a food truck. And my dream did not happen anymore. Ben is a cook at the Google headquarters in Mountain View, or he was before coronavirus. But ever since he'd arrived in California from the Philippines in 2011, he'd been dreaming of something better, something bigger. In the food truck, that's Ben's version of the American dream, a dream that would end up being used against him, leaving him with nothing. I really hope to get that money back. I don't know what to do. You know, no one can help me. I don't know where to go. The place where Ben said he'd been ripped off is called Silver Saddle Ranch and Club. And it's way out there, 100 miles north of Los Angeles, in the Mojave Desert town of California City. After I talked to Ben, I talked to a lot of other people who also claimed they'd been scammed at Silver Saddle. 
They were mostly Filipino or Chinese or Latino, and some of them didn't speak English super well. So yeah. they kind of marketed to a, I guess, a vulnerable, <laughs> vulnerable group of people. How could you pray on your fellow Kababayans like that? That was a terrible experience. I would never recommend that to anyone. You know what? We are immigrants. We thought in America, we cannot imagine this happened to us. But it was Ben's story that stuck with me. Maybe because it was still so fresh. It had happened just a year before I met him. Or maybe it was because the money he said he'd lost had meant so much to him. Or maybe it was that he'd asked me for help. I, I want to ask, how do you think yeah. I can do to get my help? Should I find a lawyer? His phone cut out a little, but he asked me what he could do to get his money back. I wasn't sure what to tell him beyond what I always tell people when I'm reporting. That maybe together we can bring some attention to this and maybe enough people will notice and something will change. I had no idea how hard that would be. I didn't know that there are thousands of people like Ben all around the world. I didn't know that the way some of them were pressured into buying land, it wasn't just unethical, it was illegal. I didn't know that people in the past had tried and failed to put a stop to it. I told Ben I would try to figure it out. Okay, um, all right, I'm really glad you emailed. Thank you so much for talking and I will be in touch very soon. Okay, yeah, just feel free to um, email okay. me or contact me. Okay, I will. Thank you so You're much, welcome. I'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Bye. Oh, my God. I knew Ben had spent a lot of money. I knew his dreams of selling teriyaki on the streets of San Jose had taken a serious setback. But what I could not get my head around was how a guy who was so dead set on saving this money could go away for a weekend and come back broke. I needed to know exactly how it happened. So last January, I flew to visit Ben in San Jose. I waited for him on the sidewalk outside his apartment. Hi, nice to meet nice you to meet finally. You. Is it this one? Yeah. Okay. Ben was 26, How's it going? but he looked younger than I imagined. He had the kind of stubble men have when they can't really grow a beard. He wore a black hoodie, baggy track pants, and a red baseball hat. And he had a small stud in one ear. Ben wanted to take me to the mall to get coffee, so I tried to fill the silence as we drove. So how, how many people live with you in your apartment now? There's five of us, and it's a two-bedroom apartment. So how do you split up the bedrooms? Ben was living with his three brothers and his sister. Now his mom is there, too. He sleeps on the couch. And when I asked him how they decided who got the couch, he just shrugged and said, Me? <laughs> you, you just were like, I'll, t I'll take the couch? Yes. I was surprised by how shy he was. He'd been so much more forthcoming on the phone. And in his online reviews of Silver Saddle, I mean, his anger was practically jumping off the screen. Bunch of liars, he wrote on Yelp. I work hard for that money and everything went to waste. Now I feel stupid and ashamed about myself. And then he wrote in all caps, you destroyed my life. I just couldn't square angry internet Ben with this whisper of a man who averted his eyes and mumbled. Do you like coffee? 
Yes. The mall was kind of noisy, so we ended up sitting in his car. He slouched in the driver's seat and spun the coffee sleeve around his cup. One short sentence at a time, I slowly learned more about Ben. He was born in Glendale, which is a suburb of L.A. But when he was four, his parents moved back to the Philippines because his dad lost his job at an architecture firm. They thought it would be easier there, but it wasn't. We actually struggled a lot. Like, there's times that we only eat once a day. and then I go. Ben was super into math as a kid, and he especially liked algebra. But his classes were chaotic, and a lot of the time, the teacher didn't even show up. I want to be like engineer or a doctor when I was younger, but since of the lack of education, the only thing that I was thinking to do when I grew up is to be a chef. And that's what I've been doing right now. Ben moved back to California when he was 19. In the beginning, he slept on his aunt's couch in San Jose, and he did a lot of random stuff unloaded clothes at Marshall's, and catered events at a law firm. And then he got the job in the kitchen at Google. So instead of being an engineer, Ben is a chef who cooks for engineers. Ben had been saving money for more than five years for the teriyaki food truck, when in July 2017, his friend invited him to this free resort in the desert called Silver Saddle Ranch and Club, a 24-hour stay that would change the rest of his life. But Ben had no idea what was coming. Silver Saddle is a six-hour drive south of San Jose. It's in the Mojave Desert, in a town called California City. So, imagine any suburb you've ever been in in America. Now, remove the houses from that scene, and remove the cars, and the trees, the lawns, and the sidewalks. Remove the people. Remove everything so all that's left is roads and street signs. I remember the first time I drove those roads with producer James Kim. It was dusk, and we kept creeping ourselves out. Oh, there's just people right there. Where? Behind the bush. What? Don't freak me out. I'm just telling you the truth. Oh my god, I just feel like I'm in a zombie movie. (laughs) It did feel like a zombie movie. Or maybe a city after a bomb went off. All across that empty, flat plain, you see these faded land-for-sale signs that swing from one hinge on peeling wooden posts. They kind of look like the white crosses people put up to mark the site of fatal car accidents. And the desert is covered with them. Like, what What? is for sale? That's so weird. There's an arrow just pointing in the middle of nowhere. California City is the third largest city in the state. It's enormous, but it's empty. Only about 14,000 people live there. And Silver Saddle is way on the outskirts of town, the hinterlands of the hinterlands. And as you get closer, your cell signal drops down to one bar and then disappears. I actually got, I'm actually very uh, like scared. It's like, where are we going? I don't see any houses. And then we got to Silver Saddle. They have 80 hotel rooms out here with loud ACs and old box TVs. They have a pool. They have paddle boats. 
they have a corral with friendly horses. They have karaoke in English, Tagalog, and Spanish. The resort is a nice place for families with young kids, but Ben and his friends thought it was super lame. So they ended up spending a lot of time in their rooms, four 20-something boys in the middle of the desert with no Wi-Fi and no cell service. But for a free weekend, it was okay. Ben told me that on Sunday morning, the phone rang in their room. It was the woman at the front desk, reminding them not to be late for the tour. Ben didn't know about any tour. But the woman on the phone said if he didn't go, he'd have to pay for his stay. So Ben and his friends reported to the lobby. And I think this moment was the beginning of Ben losing his money. Silver Saddle wouldn't let me take the tour. They said it was private. But more than a dozen people described it to me. And I have to say, their stories are nearly identical. The tour takes around three hours, and it has four steps. Step one, divide and conquer. In this step, the sales agents start separating people into smaller groups. They have one for Chinese, they have one for Espanol, and one for English. So I attended the English one and Tagalog one with all the Filipino people. Why did they herd everyone by ethnicity into different rooms? And I was like, what is this, like the 50s or something? Like, are we... Rihanna Robles went on the tour with her parents in 2016. Like Ben, she got put in the Filipino room. She said it was this small little movie theater and it was really dark and the seats were weirdly velvety. And then they had like this white guy just trying to appeal to us like in our language, like, oh, like the Philippines, right? Like he was like trying to like speak the language in a really crude way. And I, was, I just thought it was kind of like weird. The white guy turned on a video. Like they kept on showing like these wind turbines and like throwing around like Elon Musk. And I was like, who's Elon Musk? And every, like now I'm just like, oh, I know who he is. But he was like, yeah, Bill Gates. And like, this is going to be the next Silicon Valley. And like they kept throwing around these really big names. And then this woman with dark straight hair, thick fuchsia lipstick, and a watch embedded with Swarovski crystals got up and introduced herself. I'm Marion Ducru. I'm a real estate broker here in California, and I do land sales. Marion DeCrew isn't just any real estate broker. She is the top-selling sales agent at Silver Saddle. She's been doing it for almost 30 years, and almost everyone I talked to had a Marion story. Uh, we loved her to death. She was like our, our mother. She was very friendly. She made us feel at home, and she made sure that we were taken care of. I guess you can say she wrapped us around her little pinky. <laughs> I met Marion at a Panera Bread in this strip mall near where she lives, an hour or so east of L.A. Is it a good job? It is. It's fun. You know, I meet a lot of people, and um, a lot of my clients are like family to me already. And if you don't mind me asking, like, does it pay well, too? Um, it's... For me, yes, because I have a lot of clients, you know. How many do you think you have? In so many years, probably thousands already. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. I didn't know then how much money Marion made, but I do now. More than $300,000 a year. So back at Silver Saddle, Marion tells Ben and his friends that it's time for the next part of the tour, 
she was going to take them to visit some model homes a mile away. And this is part two, the neighborhood. A way for you to imagine what this place could look like in the future. Yeah, they put us into like this van. Kind of, We were all kind of squished in there. It was really hot at first. Um, we were all really awkward because we didn't want to be near each other. They drove us. I don't really remember how far it was, but it wasn't too far. But I remember the houses, they weren't built next to each other. Like there's a lot of like space in between them, but they're still in the same like, like neighborhood. I've been there too. There is maybe 20 houses on hundreds of empty lots. Ben said on his tour, they stopped in front of this one big house. And Marianne told everyone it was her house, and they were all kind of impressed. On the way out, Rihanna noticed a nice SUV parked next door, with groceries in the back. She wondered if it was some sort of prop, because it didn't seem like anyone lived there. The whole thing felt staged. Part three is the vision. Ben and his friends drove with their salespeople to the tour's third location, Galileo Hill. Everyone I talked to told me a similar version of what happens up here. Your sales agent tells you there's a future here. Just close your eyes and you can see it. You can be a part of it. Almost every city in California started out empty, like this. Palm Springs, the San Fernando Valley, Irvine— Can you imagine if you had bought land in one of those places before they boomed? Imagine how much money you would have. What's so amazing to me about this pitch is that you are looking out at absolutely nothing. And sometimes I think that's the reason this pitch works so well, because of how empty it is up there, looking out from Galileo Hill. It makes anything seem possible. A city, a space exploration center, a field of wind turbines, whatever. This empty desert is a blank canvas that the salespeople can paint a dream on. Like it was a good, like primarily a good investment, like saying like, oh, if you buy this land now, it's gonna skyrocket later. Kind of like, that was kind of like their whole appeal. It's, it may be worthless now, but it's gonna be worth a lot of money later. Part four is the close. You get back to Silver Saddle, a different room one with a lot of small cafe tables and tall windows. This is where they explain to you exactly what they're selling. Land banking. Land banking is where a bunch of people jointly own a huge chunk of land. In this case, the land was the 1,020 acres of empty desert that you could see from the top of Galileo Hill, including the Silver Saddle Ranch property, and it was divided into 4,000 shares. They give you this pamphlet saying one day, This land will be worth a lot of money. And then, when you sell it to a developer, you and your 3,999 co-owners will all get rich. But Ben, I don't know. He told me he just wasn't convinced. How come? Um, Because it's in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing really to do there. So he was like, I'm out. And he got up to leave. But as Ben was walking out the door, Marion started calling after him. Ben, don't go. We're going to do a raffle. A TV, a night in Vegas, a cruise. Don't you want to stay for the raffle? And in a moment he would come to regret, Ben decided to stay. And what happened next sounds like a how-to guide for high-pressure sales. 
Ben says Marion told him there was a promotion going on, but only if he bought today. So they were trying to say if you buy it today, it's cheaper? Yeah, they're going to give you $10,000 off. And she said, this is only for today. If you go here tomorrow or the following days, it's going to be back to $35,000. Ben told her he didn't have that kind of money. And then I told them I don't have cash. And then they said, oh, credit card works. If you have credit card, we can do that. Another classic sales tactic. Turn a no into a yes. At some point, Marion switched to Tagalog. She told him they would work together and she'd help him make money. She even called him my son. Her strategies make people to like fall in love with her, trust her. And she's saying like, oh, mga kababayan means like my people. I want you to make money. I want you guys to become rich. So you need to trust me like that. I asked Marion, how do you do it? How do you get people to trust you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I have the charisma. Maybe it runs in my blood. And I tell them my experiences inland. And they can relate to me. Because a lot of people in the Philippines, they were farmers, but they inherited big land that was nothing before. And now they have hundreds of millions of pesos. That's why I think the Filipinos, they love to buy land. Me too, I love to buy land. I buy land wherever I can. I looked at all of Ben's receipts, and his total came to $31,540. But he said Marion assured him he would make that money back. All he needed to do was bring in new customers. For each referral who bought into Silver Saddle, Ben would get $2,000. And with that, he was in. And then a different guy came over and placed a giant stack of paper in front of Ben and started flipping through it. You they, just, they just told me like, okay, initial here, okay, initial here, initial here. So they didn't really let you read it? No. Did you feel like they were rushing you? Yeah, they, they were rushing me. But at the same time, since they're Filipino, I'm Filipino, we're speaking Tagalog. And once you're speaking Tagalog, it's like you really trust that person. So all I did is just trust trust them and do what they want me to sign or everything. When Ben got home, he was finally able to Google Silver Saddle. He was really excited, but then he found their Yelp page. Let me guess, you're looking at this review because you got a call from Silver Saddle stating that you won a consolation prize in the supermarket. Don't you want to be a millionaire, make money? It's a good deal. Shame on you guys, because you were preying on your kababayans. I saw a lot of red flags. So when you first saw the Yelp reviews, like, how did you feel? Oh my God, this is a scam. And with that panicked thought, Ben sat down and wrote an email. It said, Hi, I think I got scammed, and I want to ask if I can get my money back. I found out that your company had a lot of complaints and lawsuit. Regards, Benjamin Perez. I gave my number, and then there's no response. But a few days later, his phone buzzed just before 11 p.m. It was Marion texting him. You emailed the company bad about me, she wrote. I treated you right, and now you're telling people I lied. I will sue you for defamation of character and false accusations if you will not stop this. You signed a valid legal contract on your own free will. Nobody forced you. 
Were you surprised that she threatened you because she had been so nice to you? Yeah, I feel I feel like you're not the person that I first met. You were very nice to me, and then all of a sudden you're gonna sue me, and I feel like you're you're a bad person. You're doing this to your people as a Filipino people. He said he stopped contacting Marion, stopped contacting Silver Saddle, stopped trying to get his money back. But he didn't stop thinking about it. I feel like I lost hope. I feel like I'm I'm a stupid person. I feel very down for giving away my money. What do you mean when you say you lost hope? Um, that money is supposed to be for my future. And now I lose my future, I lose hope. So it's very a big, big deal for me. Ben told me he has dreams about Silver Saddle. Nightmares, really, where he's stuck like this forever. Someone with no money, with big dreams that will never come true. A disappointment, a low-class person. I don't think you're a low-class person. Mm-hmm. I feel I really feel like this could happen to anybody. Yeah, it, yeah, it really affects me. You can see I always have these under the table. Really? If I have he that. pointed at the tote bag of silver saddle brochures and contracts. It was under the coffee table next to the couch. The couch that's also his bed. It's always under here the table. The silver saddle yeah. stuff's always under the yeah. table. Silver Saddle is there when he's awake. It's there when he's asleep. It's there when he's at work, cooking chicken teriyaki for Googlers. It's easy now to understand why Ben mumbles. He's not shy. He thinks he's a low-class person. It's like he wrote in his Yelp review, Now I feel stupid and ashamed about myself. Like I said, I told Ben I'd try to figure out what happened to him. And I did try. I spent years looking into it, weeks staying in California City. And in the process, I realized that this desert real estate investment that Ben got wrapped up in, it's way bigger than Silver Saddle. Its roots spread out all over California City. It's been going on for 60 years, long before Silver Saddle existed. And tens of thousands of people all around the country, all around the world have paid the price. That was Emily Guerin, host and reporter for the new podcast, California City. It uncovers the deep history of the deceptive sales pitches that have brought people to this town in the Mojave Desert for decades. My mother purchased the lot in the early 1970s. I can't even give it away. The the whole thing was the land was going to become very valuable in just a matter of a year or two. And we thought it was a golden opportunity and we're going to make millions off of it. I feel like I've invested into a giant hole that's getting deeper. It's a gripping crime thriller with that only-in-California edge. Subscribe to California City wherever you get your podcasts. California City is written and produced by Emily Guerin, Arwen Nix, James Kim, and Mike Kessler edited and produced the show. Fact-checking and additional production by Gabriel Dunatoff. 
Mixing by Valentino Rivera, and original music by Andrew Epen. California City is a production of LAist Studios. The California Report magazine is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon. Our director is Amanda Font. Rob Spate is our technical producer. And our team also includes Asala Sanapur and Ariella Markowitz. I'm Sasha Koka. Thanks so much for listening. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Paint Care. Ideas for storing leftover paint to keep it fresh. And tips for using it up can be found at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest.